prepared by Scott and Carla Mandrell. Uh, 9.30 in the morning. How many of you were here this morning at 9.30, by the way? Let me show of hands. Oh, good, good, good stuff. Um, the coffee bar is open at 9. We had some goodies there this morning. Uh, nursery through elementary for um, at 9.30. Youth group class, healing class. Uh, now, I got here a note that Gus will be leading a discussion. Was that this morning or is that next week? That was this morning. Oh, so the people missed out if they weren't there. Okay. And then a Believer's Foundation class uh, taught by myself and Mark Van Tassel. Uh, the note about that is, in the world of sports, we will see the importance of knowing and doing the basics is what was written. I think in the world of sports, we also learn that practice, practice, practice. And uh, if we're in the habit of coming to church regularly, it helps us to grow. Uh, some of us are in the habit of getting here at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, the same is true in our spiritual lives if we practice. This, this class will help us build a solid foundation for our life in Christ Jesus. For the nursery, uh, we need a DVD player uh, that can hook up to a TV monitor. If you have one to spare, please leave it in the nursery with your name and number in case there are questions regarding how to use it. Thank you from Susan, in charge of the nursery. Also, uh, our building fund report, we, we were shooting for uh, $35,000. We blew past that, so thank you for your giving. Uh, there are other projects that we can do with the extra money that's been coming in, so uh, keep giving towards the building fund, please. Uh, Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Amen. Wednesday, 9 a.m. until 2 p.m., the quilting group. Anyone is welcome to come for part of the time or all the time. At noon, there's lunch and fellowship available for anyone. And at 1 p.m., Bible study with Grandma Joyce H. Pomp and Grandma Glennis Coffin at the church house. October 31st, Hallelujah Night here at the church. Uh, come at 5.30. There will be a meal at 5.30, but there will also be games and stuff for the kids at that time once they're done eating. Uh, the activities will go until about 7.45. There will be games and prizes, lots of fun. Um, bring your kids. Bring your kids as friends. This year will be bigger and better than ever. All the kids that come will put their name in a drawing for some very nice prizes. This year, we're giving away a kid's bike, uh, a Dairy Queen cake. Uh, I should ask if uh, the adults are in on that prize. Uh, Blizzard treats, free hamburgers, cheeseburgers, fries, cones, and apple slices from McDonald's. Coupons for those. Uh, there's been a generous donation from Thrivent Financial. Their goal is to make generosity or trademark, which is a good goal for all of us. Uh, have each child bring uh, canned good to be distributed to the needy in the area. Uh, visit our church website at tenstrikechurch.com. And uh, yeah, good stuff. I was reading in my devotions yesterday, and I got a fresh word from the Lord uh, in John chapter 5. How many of you appreciate a fresh word from the Lord? So you've read it before, and then you read it this time, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. That looks a little different than what I, or there's a little bit more to it than what I thought last time. 
I'm going to read this from the Message Bible, John, John chapter 5, starting with verse 39. You have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there, but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me, and this is Jesus speaking, right? And here I am standing right before you, and you aren't willing to receive from me the life that you say you want. I'm not interested in crowd approval, and do you know why? Because I know you in your crowds. I know that love, especially God's love, is not on your working agenda. I came with the authority of my Father, and you either dismiss me or avoid me. If another came acting self-important, you would welcome him with open arms. How do you expect to get anywhere with God when you spend all your time jockeying for position with each other, ranking your rivals, and ignoring God? Well, what does that have to do with giving this morning? Well, as we sang this morning, you know that God loves you for who you are. Uh, he created you for a certain purpose on this earth. Some of us are outdoorsy. Some of us are indoorsy. Some of us are outgoing. Some of us are quiet. Some of us are planners. Some of us are spontaneous. God created you to be you, and he loves you just the way you are. And who we are shows up in the things that we do. Sometimes we do things because we have to. When we do what God instructs us to do, through the Word and through the leading of the Holy Spirit, God builds character in us. We do what we do because of who we are. We give because we have thankful and obedient hearts. We trust God in His Word, and following His instructions leads us to a blessed life. So, are you a believer this morning? Okay. Are you a giver? Are you a victorious, fully loved child of God? If you're not sure about that, let me tell you, the Bible tells you that you are a victorious, fully loved child of God. Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are in us. We thank you for who we are in you, Lord, and we give you all the glory uh, we ask today that you would bless our lives, you would bless the gifts that we give today, and uh, we thank you for your work today and this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget the boxes to give are in the back by the doors. God bless you. How great are you, God? Can we sing that together? This is uh, that phrase. <clears throat> Who's going to help me start that? Are you God? How great, how great are you God? Let's lift our hands. How great are you God? Sing with me, how great are you, God? All will see how great, how great are you, God? Hallelujah. 
It was really great to worship together this morning. Hallelujah. Yesterday we had a meeting in North Home area. So we're at Phyllis's house and I asked her to play a couple of choruses from the Psalms and I didn't know which one, so she played a few. And she had given her dog a bone. And all of a sudden we were singing away and she just stopped. And she said, oh, I thought I heard my dog choking. (laughs) And I was just singing away. (laughs) Amen. Make a joyful noise under the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, today I just want to sum up what has already been shared here today. It kind of fit in with what was strongly in my heart. And appreciate that. Just want to start with the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and verse 8. And this is, you know, a statement about the coming of the Antichrist and the condition of the world at that time. And in verse 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. And some translations put it that the book of life was there from the foundation of the world, kind of that emphasis. But here, the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Just want to look today at the great fact that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ transcends time. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ transcends time. It was in the heart of God. It was in the plan of God. It was was formed, and I don't know how the Godhead did that, Father, Son, and Spirit, You know, it probably didn't take too long because they're all wise and have all knowledge, but yet it was there before time began. And just a phrase I want to read from Answers in Genesis, and that's kind of a creation group where they're talking about God as the creator. I don't agree with everything that they write, but you know, as believers, we catch truth because we all have the same Lord and God. Amen. He says, think about this, before the universe was created, before time existed, before man was created, God knew that we in Adam would sin. He knew we would rebel against our creator and in the wisdom and love of God in eternity he predetermined a plan so that we could receive a free gift of salvation in eternity God planned for the son of God to step into history and provide provide the ultimate sacrifice the sinless son of God would suffer sin's penalty of death. He raised from the dead. 
thus providing a way of salvation. Hebrews 10.10 declares, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Before time began, God in all his wisdom provided the way for, so, for full uh, redemption for us to bring us to the highest possible place that we could ever experience. That is an amazing expression of his love. Hallelujah. I just want to read a, a verse out of Ephesians 1. <clears throat> Ephesians 1 and verse 3. And we, we know this, but yet it's so powerful. We go back and meditate on this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. His heart locked upon you. And as all of creation was being formulated and developed and brought into being, you were in his heart. Amen. It's all about his children. It's all about us. And his great purpose is that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Before the creation of the world, God looked down at our lives and he lavished his grace upon us in all wisdom and insight. He looked at every nuance of our character. He looked at everything that we would pass through in our experience in life. And he lavished his wisdom upon us. We live in a fallen world. And a lot of things that happen to us are just because we live in a fallen world. It doesn't mean that we've done something bad. It doesn't mean we've missed the mark. Sometimes we do and we open the door for things. But so much is just because we live in a fallen world. And God has reached down into our experience from before the foundations of the world to make us holy and blameless in his sight in Christ. To make a way for us that we would overcome. That we would not lose step with him. That we would not lose the sense of his glory 
and his purpose and the strength of his love. The enemy comes and he tries to rob us of the awareness of that glory and that love. But nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing in all creation. We're secure in his hands. But don't you love this word lavished? You know, I I always think of Turkey when I read this verse, you know. You think of the butter being brushed down and it's just lavished and it's running all over the side as it's being baked. His wisdom and insight is lavished upon us. As we walk with him, we fit in perfectly with how he has designed our life to be. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 10, 4, we see that in the Old Testament, they were looking to Christ as the total redeemer. And this amazing verse says that that the people of Israel in the desert, and they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Wow. By faith, in, in, in a shadow, but yet God provided for them the ability as they believed in him and trusted in him and obeyed him. They were walking with him and drinking from the spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. What a marvelous picture of our life in Jesus. When he walked upon the earth, the people put their faith in him and And after he was raised from the dead, Thomas cried out, my Lord and my God. He put his faith in the person of Jesus Christ. And they went out and they preached everywhere the Lordship of Jesus. And he was right there working with them. We see that this this proclamation and this glory of Jesus Christ will be the standard for all eternity. It will never wear out. Ephesians 2, 6. And God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For what purpose, he tells us here, so that in ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In ages to come, eternity is not going to be static. There's development of the revelation of the glory and the honor and the love that was expressed to us in Jesus Christ. And I I don't think eternity will be measured by days and years and decades. It's going to be measured by ages of revelation of the kindness that was revealed to us in Jesus. 
and all of eternity will not wear out the revelation. We will go from glory to glory in awe of how greatly we have been loved when Jesus gave his life for us. Wow. We will see, perhaps for a whole age, just the total surrender to heaven when he came to the earth. And that verse he read, and by that will we have been saved, by the will of Jesus Christ to come and to enter into our humanity, to walk perfectly, to be the Lamb of God. Ages to come. The wonder and the awe of seeing Jesus Christ and the beauty and perfection. There's something that would never be known to humanity if he had not come and taken our place. And sometimes you wonder, why did God put us here where the devil was and this whole thing? But there is something about the redemptive work, and we don't necessarily understand it, but it's a testimony. And it's bringing us to the highest place from our brokenness, from our sinfulness into his righteousness. There's something there in the uniting with him forever that God knows is the highest way. We stand in awe of you, Father. Oh, let's just stand in awe of him. Hallelujah. Your plan is so good. Your plan is so great. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect sacrifice for all of us. In our pursuit in life, in our pursuit for so many things and, you know, and we need to have vision in this world, that's great. Oh, I want to know him. That has to be the surpassing greatness of our purpose. I want to know him. At the end of his life, the Apostle Paul, after he had gone through so much, it never dimmed. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. We find that in this great plan of God, in his wisdom of God, before the, before the world was founded, that he provided healing and health for us. And I'm strong on healing. I believe, you know, I did healing meetings in different places in Canada, different states here through 30 years. And I, I just really believe in the healing ministry. Let's read Numbers 21. But even in the healing ministry, the goal isn't just to get people healed. It's to have them encounter the goodness and the love of God. 
It's to have them encounter God's love. To see the wonders that he's provided for us in Jesus Christ. I was ministering with Gus in a Latino meeting a number of years ago. And one of the young ladies was there and she was kind of new to the group. And she had had a back injured, you know, quite a bit before that. And so I had her sit in a chair and, you know, we prayed for her back. And while we were praying, her face brightened up and, and she just was in awe of the presence of God. And God instantly healed her in that moment. And she surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. Isn't that a marvelous thing? God wants to demonstrate his love for us. He wants to not only do good things for us in this world, he wants to bring people into encounter with his eternal glory. In the Old Testament, Numbers 21.8, and the Lord said to Moses, and they had the snakes coming into the camp and people were dying from the, from the poisonous bite. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a standard and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, let's just say it, everyone who is bitten, everyone, when he looks at it, he will live. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a standard, on a, on a pole, and the, the medical community still uses that as an emblem the snake on the pole, a type of Jesus. He became our sin. He became our rebellion. He took upon him our sickness. Wow. And it came about that the serpent bit any. When he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. What a picture again of the sacrifice and provision of Jesus Christ. We look to him. He does a miracle. Amen. Before, as, before he died, as he was walking on the earth, in Matthew 8, we read that they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill. An amazing verse. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. It hadn't even happened yet. It hadn't even, he hadn't gone to the cross. His body wasn't, hadn't been broken yet. But God calls those things that are not as though they were. That's how secure, that's how sure from the foundations of the world he has provided for us. Total forgiveness, total cleansing, total deliverance, total healing. Amen. After the resurrection, and the Spirit came into the hearts of believers in 
Hebrew, in Romans 8, 11. Listen to what Paul declares. But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. He will give life to your, amplified says, short-lived, perishable, mortal body, something like that. Your physical being. He will give you life in God's purpose is that we would be here until our work is done, until the days that he has ordained for us to be over. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that clock right now? <laughs> okay. Let's just briefly look at 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I, this is just my introduction, so we won't get there. All we'll get is the introduction today. Amen. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. In his earthly walk, he provided for us the ability to have all of our personal needs met. And this word poverty here means without any ability to provide for himself. He took on the total form of hopelessness in that, in that realm. At some point in his life, and we shared about this before, but at some point in his life, he touched that, he bore that for us. So that we might, through that poverty, he took our place that we might become rich. And listen to what later on here in 2 Corinthians 9, how he defines what it means to be rich. Now he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be rich, enriched in everything so that you can be liberal on all occasions, that you can give abundantly without fear on all occasions. That is abundance. You know, God, God's plan was never that we would have such a great amount of wealth in this world that we would find security in worth, worthly wealth. That's never his plan. Our security is always in him. Our security is always in him. And we need to make plans and all that in this world. But that cannot be our security. And no matter what happens in our world, he says he will provide seed for the sower. He'll provide bread for the eater. And we will be, have more than enough that we can give to all those in need. Before the creation of the world, God looked down at your life and he allowed his great mercy to be poured out and he lavished upon you in all wisdom 
all the provision that you'll ever need to walk it through. The main point today that I wanted to get to was how we walk through hardship. You know, God has provided all these things, but he never promised us, he never designed for us not to go through hard times in this world. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. But he made a way for us to walk through it in strength and joy and victory with vision, not losing step with his heart. Amen. Let's bow our heads today. And in the worship and with what Andrew shared, we just hear of the love of God, the security we have in that love. Let's just take a moment and examine our hearts before him. You are loved with an everlasting love. Jesus paid the price for you before the world was even created. He bore every issue of your life, all, the, all confusion and heartache and sorrow, confusion. Said that twice, confusion. Maybe that's something that you're facing. We need to turn to him today. It's so simple. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Jesus Christ is my Lord. I take him now as my Lord. I surrender it all to you, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. That's all you have to say to him. And, and from your heart, just release control of your life to him. And you believe that he bore it all on the cross. Bring me into resurrection, Lord. Thank you. Father, we thank you for just a wonder of worship and loving you today. We thank you we can go, Lord, in the awe of your glory and presence in Jesus' name. Everybody said, remember the meal? We also be glad to pray with you here. Okay, did you hear that? There's an abundance of food today. So, I encourage you to stay. <laughs> Amen.